0: Kinkle, the only person you're gonna scare is yourself. Charlie,
1: what are you oh, doing? Keep the noise down. You... Ah.
2: What are you doing here? Maze, nice. just in time. There's a whole load
1: of police here. Think the word you're gonna hurt yourself or someone else. Oh. <laughs> How many children are you friends with? Hello and welcome to Netflix, where we're delivering you everything you need to know about The Crown Season 3. But this time we're chatting about the people's princess, Diana Spencer, who we're expecting to see in Season 4. Stay tuned for all the gossip from filming and what really happened. Hi guys, so I'm Helen Daly, presenter of Netflix. I'm here with Helen Kelly. Hello. And Thomas Evans. Hello. He's our royal expert for today. (laughs) And um, yeah, so basically we're here to talk about Princess Diana and her involvement in The Crown Season 3. So for a bit of real life background, Lady Diana, she first met Prince Charles when... She was 16 in November 1977. He was then dating her older sister, Lady Sarah, and they were guests at a country weekend during the summer of 1980 when she watched him play polo, and he took a serious interest in Diana as a potential bride. So famously, their relationship progressed very, very quickly. Um, there was an invitation to Balmoral to meet his family one weekend in November 1980, and you know, Lady Diana was well-received by the Queen, the Queen Mother, and the Duke of Edinburgh. Prince Charles subsequently courted Diana in London and the prince proposed on the 6th of February, 1981. Lady Diana accepted, but their engagement was kept secret for the next few weeks. And I guess we know the rest, <laughs> the big dress, the white wedding. Um, so Tom, um, what kind of don't we know about Diana?
2: Um, Well, I think... To be honest, I think the, the it sounds a like strange, but you had to start with Diana. You have to you have to start with Camilla. To be honest, when you when he meet when Charles meets Diana for the first time, um, he's already met Camilla. He's already fallen in love with Camilla. She's obviously married someone else by this point in Andrew Parker Bowles. And I think for the Crown's perspective, they've already kind of introduced that storyline in season three. So it's the perfect backdrop for Diana to appear in season four, with all of that in mind. Um, And that's probably fair to real life as well because she's this, Camilla is this ever present figure in their relationship essentially.
1: Yeah. So, as a background for season three, obviously, um, we see Charles, played by Josh O'Connor, meet Camilla and um, they kind of strike up a a good relationship straight off. But she kind of has this love for Andrew Parker Bowles. um, And the Crown portrays it as the Queen Mother and Mountbatten um, decide that they don't want Charles to be with Camilla. Um, how true to life was that
2: Um, I think personally a little unfair like it's obviously one of those things you can never say definitively Um, but my impression and what you read um, so Penny Jr for example writes a lot about this is that um, Charles was infatuated with Camilla but she had eyes for Andrew Parker Bowles so rather than it being this storyline of him not being allowed to marry the woman he loved it was more a case of her choosing another man essentially might be a little unfair but
1: (laughs) (laughs) and um you know there there is like some quotes from the wedding as well about how diana kind of saw charles and camilla even at the wedding yeah
2: yeah i think that's what's odd with this is that from day one camilla's always there and diana's made aware of camilla from the from very very early on in their relationship and i don't think that ever goes like all the way through even kind of after prince harry's birth later on camilla is always this figure and Charles is said to have like been phoning her on the honeymoon and all sorts it's, it is odd.
1: <laughs> mm. And, um, you know, taking things back to Diana, obviously she was called the people's princess, probably for a reason. Um, you know, what kind of impact did she have on the United Kingdom and the royal family as a whole?
2: I think she completely revolutionized the royal family, to be honest. Um, you know, prior to her arrival on the scene, it was rightly or wrongly maybe seen as this kind of quite stuffy, old fashioned institution um, everything was very prim and proper, everything was all done kind of by a timetable essentially, so you'd go on a royal event and it would all be very kind of scheduled. Diana completely changed that. She'd go and talk to people, interact, actually kind of had her own personality and put her own stamp on things. Um, you know, like she famously, at the time there was a lot of stigma around AIDS victims um, and she really famously like, went into a hospice and like held hands with them and like completely kind of change this perception that you know you couldn't go near them and that sort of thing and like diana was just this completely revolutionary figure i think you could say
1: and she was also a bit of a celebrity
2: yeah i think she's so glamorous she's so beautiful Like she comes over and i think for the first time she made the royal family cool in a way mm. like she's on the front page rather than a kind of anything like gossip columns she's on magazines she goes over to the, the united states she dances with john travolta she completely I think now it's quite strange looking back because we're in a post-Diana Royal era. But before her, no one had really done this. Like in the way that we see Meghan and Kate now, it's completely new prior to Diana.
1: How was she received at the time?
2: Oh, people loved her, mm. yeah. And I think the press in particular absolutely loved her. Um, you know, she made, as I say, like there's this almost like throwback to the Imperial era but when with the Queen and Prince Philip. It's very posh, very kind of... Um, almost like resistant atmosphere around it and all of a sudden you've got this young woman who's stunning and chatty and engaging and it's just completely re- like reinvented what it was to be royal
1: but obviously you know we we do know that there was a darker side I guess to Diana she did fight her demons quite a lot
2: yeah I think this is kind of she was exposed to reality really quite quickly um I think she people forget how young she was when she first met Charles like she's so just a teenager essentially and I think she had this almost um, romantic childish vision of what it would be to be a princess this vi- this idea that she was kind of going off with Prince Charming almost um, and that immediately comes crashing down I think it all links in like the stuff with Camilla that we've already touched upon um, and also I think their clash of personalities like Charles didn't really spoil her, he didn't buy her flowers when they'd go on their honeymoon they went to Balmoral and he was like you know, going off fishing and stuff like that, and expect and reading books rather than doting on her and going on romantic meals. And I think this kind of illusion came crashing down very quickly. Um, and then later on, like you know, there are stories she apparently told Andrew Morton that really earlier in their relationship, Charles told her that she was a bit chubby, um, and then she had problems with bulimia. And it's real really quite. There's almost two sides to it, where you have this external vision of of beauty and. And confidence and then interior you've got this kind of very quite you know um worried and troubled young lady essentially
1: so it definitely will make for an interesting character if oh, anything definitely. in the crown and it's every i guess everyone's kind of discussing how they're going to portray it are they going to go down the the positive or the negative but we'll touch on that in a moment um helen so what do we know about um who will be playing lady die um so a bit like Claire Foy taking on the role of um the Queen
0: when Claire took on the role I didn't really know much about her and I didn't really know that much about Emma Corrin who is taking on the role of Princess Diana so there was so much speculation about who would take on the role you had people like Sophie Turner from Game of Thrones being rumored to be taking on the role yeah I know i they didn't say it <laughs> um but it would have been a big score for Netflix to get um Sophie but the thing is I didn't really know a lot about her but she has so much experience she starred in itv drama grandchester as esther in a short film alex's dream in 2018 and is also going to be beha- appearing in misbehavior portraying miss south america she's also going to be in um batman's butler pennyworth series um which i think has got quite a lot of hype around it so i think this could be kind of her moment it could be where she you know when you get those films that people are in and after that they're just in like after hit after hit after hit and they become like one of those really big stars I think this could really be it for her in the same way that it kind of was a bit of a breakout role for Claire Foy um but yeah I think she's really good casting for Diana from what I've seen filming and her kind of background
1: it kind of feels like this is going to be the the role that wins an award. Oh yeah. <laughs> like you can't you can't have Diana not give her an award really, I guess. <laughs> I think
0: she'll either get like an Emmy or something for it or yeah. she'll be slated. And I think it's it kinda depends if you're a Diana fan who's watching it or like I know a bit about Diana but not a lot, so I'm quite interested to see how Emma takes on that role. Um but from what I've seen, she kind of like fits into it so perfectly. All of the pictures that we've seen it's kind of like looking at a mirror image but then I don't know if that's just testament to how much effort and money the crown put into their production.
1: Well that's it, I mean we have seen two kind of lots of filming pictures already of Emma, Um, it seems to be when she's on tour in Australia, tell me a bit about that Helen.
0: So one of the first um, photos to be leaked from set was Emma um, filming Diana in, um, I don't think they're in Australia, I feel like they're in Spain, I've just got that, I think that's where they're they're filming and but she's in this like long sleeve pink polka dot dress um about knee length with a matching hat it's really really accurate in my opinion because if you put that picture of them filming against the one of diana i think it's just the color of the spots that are different one's white one's like a different shade of pink horror (laughs) literally like shows how detailed it is and it's very much we've seen that in season three with all of the queen's outfits like her like coronation outfit um when she went to um Aberfan as well that kind of like coat with the fur trim like just the detail that goes into everything and I think as well I read that her coronation dress um was like one of the most expensive things they made I'm not 100% sure on that but I think that just shows how much I believe it definitely detail
1: we have discussed um, the costumes on this podcast before um are there any kind of Diana iconic Diana costumes that you really want to see
0: I would like love to see you know like the cycling shorts the like jumpers and then <laughs> obviously we have to see the wedding dress which I yeah we definitely will see in season four I'm saying definitely just because we know that when they go on tour that's when like that was after William was born so I'm
1: yeah guessing yeah,
0: yeah. timeline and also if they cut out the wedding that's just like the biggest mistake i think netflix could ever make because everyone wants to see that dress yeah (laughs) it's just like probably going to be like the greatest sin netflix ever commit if they do cut it out because i just think like looking at the detail of the coronation dress and the wedding dress of like claire foy's queen i want to see it like i would just watch the crown just to see diana's dress
1: it would literally be the biggest sacrilege since cancelling the away in my opinion and also
0: (laughs) we also need to see the revenge dress as they all call it you know that like kind of mini yeah, black dress the black number yeah, yeah. I want to see that that might be season five I guess though <laughs> um
1: yeah not quite yet but we have seen some other filming pictures I guess it was from the same tour right
0: yeah so this one's a lot more relaxed so it's kind of like a white kind of loose-fitting dress um Prince Charles Josh, Josh O'Connor is with her also and he's in like this cream like beige, like sandy color like shirt and trousers and it looks like they're in the desert where they're filming or like somewhere just very beachy and sandy um but again the comparison between the filming pictures and what happened is so so similar I just it is just like looking like which one is real like I did have to do a little bit of a double take um maybe that's just how grainy the pap shots were from a long distance I don't know but um they did look very very similar.
1: So, Tom, what do we know of of these filming pictures? What do they kind of give away from the the history of Charles and Diana?
2: Um, with the pictures, I think, pr- to be honest, it's probably more a case of looking at the tour itself. Like the tour itself was a huge success from everything you read, um, and apparently at the time, and it sounds it seems a little bit daft now, but like at the time, Australia was actually had quite a lot of republican sentiments, um, and was looking at some quite like anti royal family rhetoric going out there, and the Australian press was basically kind of put in comment pieces anti the queen etc cetera, etc cetera. um charles and diana went over there and she just they just fell in love with her essentially it wasn't really charles they fell in love, it was just entirely her um, so the tour itself like couldn't really have been more successful with that in mind they basically saved the monarchy in an australian sense
1: and but it came after they were married after the birth yes. of william as yeah. well yeah
2: and she insisted as well like um is really unusual for um royals at that time to take young children on tours with them so you can see like in season one and two they leave um uh, philip and the queen leave charles and anne behind and um, whereas diana insisted on taking william made a real point out of it and basically like that was a part of her whole kind of philosophy in a way that she wanted to be a real mother rather than a royal mother Mm. she she was sometimes quite sort of subtly critical of the queen for being quite distant or appearing to be quite distant with her children and made a real point with harry and william that she was going to be what we would probably consider a more kind of traditional what like day-to-day mother essentially i guess um, that's
1: kind of carried through as well to harry and william yeah, they're 100%. very much following that trait yeah if like kind of like we saw
0: with prince harry and baby archie and megan did um diana kind of showcase William to the world on the tour. Do we know that?
2: Yes, essentially. Oh okay. Yes. Um and I think Kate and William when they went to Australia, um, they did similar with George, where a lot of the kind of there's interactions where they go to the zoo and stuff like that and they went they go to the same zoo they went to the same zoo with George that Charles and Diana went to with William. Oh sorry. And cute. there's loads of little parallels. Like if you search it there's yeah they it's strange. William just Sorry, when George went, he just looked so much like William did when they when he went with those two. Because there's
1: a lot been made of like the, the kind of similarities between what um, William and Kate dressed George in with what Prince, uh, Charles and Diana dressed William in. They're scarily similar. <laughs> like it's almost as if it's the same costume. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel definitely. like there
0: has been reports that some of it has been like, not hand-me-downs, but like the same... Yeah, like, the won't. same thing. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. if you've got it, you bet.
1: <laughs> but, um, yeah, so that's really interesting that they kind of choose to send Charles and Diana out, the celebrity couple. Yeah. You know, they're really kind of mastering PR at this point.
2: <laughs> yeah, essentially. Um, I think, as well, there's probably, in terms of her as a role for the series, I think there's probably parallels in the way that writers have used Princess Margaret's role in series one to three, in the sense that, She's sort of this like, glamorous figure and there's a, the episode where she goes over to America. Um, there's probably parallels in terms of what we're talking here with Diana in Australia in season four as what Margaret did with Lyndon Johnson in, in series three when she goes over and kind of saves the crown again with the, with the Americans, but only in this sense with Australia. <laughs>
1: So judging on the timeline, um, I guess it's a question to both of you, what do you kind of expect to see from Diana? And I guess the Queen, because maybe the Queen's not going to feature as heavily in season four.
0: Yeah, I feel like this is kind of a point where we might see the Queen kind of stepping back. Um, We've seen Charles and Anne in season three. We haven't really seen Andrew and Edward yet. Um, But I think this might be the time where it kind of becomes more like, Charles is gonna like they're preparing him to be king and then he's gonna marry Diana we'll see them have William we might see them have Harry and then ultimately like where's it gonna go we know they decided to end their marriage so it could be ending with like that kind of bombshell and then season five might go into like at the aftermath of that like kind of I don't I don't know seeing like Harry and William like grow up we are very quickly catching up to where we are right now Mm. um so maybe I don't know if they're going to stretch it out a little bit because there's going to be so much more in terms of like you need to like look at characters a little bit more closely like are we going to spend like maybe a whole episode just looking at Charles and Diana like how their relationship grows and then maybe the episode ends at the wedding or I would actually just really like just a whole episode on the wedding Like, just the detail, like, what's going on behind the scenes. Um, How was Diana feeling before the wedding? How was Charles feeling? The whole thing about how she was looking for Camilla. Like, just those details are, like, what I want to say. And I think it would be nice to see them stretch it out a little bit. But we know the crown doesn't really do that. Um, But then also we've got Margaret Thatcher coming in. So it's kind of going to be, like, the Queen, Diana and Thatcher, like, all fighting for the episodes, I think. And then, obviously, I just feel like Charles is going to be pushed to the to the back because Diana, I think, will really outshine him in this series.
1: That's interesting because very much in season three, we see Charles kind of becoming his own. And, you know, we've had discussions about this how sorry we feel for him in, in season three because he, he does learn some hard lessons, I guess, from the Queen. Um, talking more about how we think Diana will be portrayed it's kind of interesting because are they going to take Charles's side or are they going to take Diana's side? Because obviously it's a it's a topic that divides the country. It's not just kind of a, an easy topic to decide <laughs> it's on. It's hard, yeah. <laughs> it's hard to know the truth, I guess.
2: <laughs> yeah, um, I think probably the only way they can do it is if they do a little bit of both. Um, I don't know, personally, I'm really interested in how they're going to portray Camilla in this. Mm. Um, I think that's something that, because they could go one or two ways and there's this whole narrative that you know she's behind the breakup of the marriage or could they be a little bit more sympathetic and portray it as like they've set up in season in season three that she's the love of charles's life so she's the woman he always wanted anyway and actually charles and diana's marriage is a little bit false or are they just going to portray her as the bad woman in the background sort of thing i think that could be really interesting
1: it's hard because you Probably going to upset someone with it. <laughs> exactly.
2: Yeah, you're sort of standing on eggshells, essentially. Mm. Yeah, um, what do you think?
1: Yeah. I think. I don't know. I think for
0: headlines, Netflix might go down a bit of a risky route and kind of not show Diana as like favourably as we would all like to. Well, I would personally like to see her betrayed. Like that, she did do as you said, like so much good stuff. Like she wasn't like afraid. She just didn't think about like she just thought, all right, okay, there's a stigma around this. Who cares? Like, I'm just like, I will go and shake hands with someone who's got AIDS. Like, she, and then the whole thing in, um, where she walked through is it my, like the mind. Yeah. She the was, landmines.
2: Yeah. yeah. I think she, Angola.
1: But, yeah, which Prince Harry just kind of yeah. recreated. She yeah. just had, she kind of came off a little bit
0: like fearless to me, like very brave. And she kind of, did move things forward and I would really like to see that because I think that's more of like an inspiring side for them to take because there's a lot of probably the younger generation like I think I was maybe like six when Diana died so I didn't really know what was going on at the time but then there's a lot of people who now know who Princess Diana is but don't really didn't grow up with her so I think it is you'd kind of want to maybe like inspire like a younger generation watching it I don't know who is watching The Crown I guess it's kind of for all ages but I think it would probably be better to put her as someone who it she kind of inspired like William and Harry in a lot of the work that they do and a lot of other people and I just think that if they portrayed Diana in a bad way it would just go down like a
1: lead balloon but they might do it for the headlines. It is interesting because you know playing devil's advocate um, I do personally agree with you but you know there are kind of rumours of Diana caught in the press and she did big tell-all interviews which were quite scandalous at the time um you know about her divorce and you kind of wonder you know she obviously had a different side to her she you know not everyone is a one-sided character but um you know I wonder how much they're going to tap into that side as well
2: I think more so than anything they've ever covered this is probably the riskiest thing though that's the riskiest storyline they've probably ever embarked on really um, because they could go really quite harsh on her or they could be really, it's its really, as you say, standing on edge shells, essentially, because there are interviews later in the 90s where there are two sides to every story, essentially, aren't there? And she was very vocal and anti-Charles, um, more so than, and he was kind of a lot more reserved about it. And even now, like, he never really speaks about it, um, whereas she kind of had no reservations at all from kind of um, dishing the dirt, as it were. Mm. So it'll be really interesting to see how they portray it. I'm not sure they can go that far because the backlash, particularly in the UK, would be so strong, um, but we'll see.
1: Yeah, no, I think they'll probably stay fairly neutral with it, stick to as many facts as possible. That might come in season five, like
0: once their marriage is broke down and then kind of seeing how they both deal with that. But I don't know, maybe they will portray here. It's like the whole thing is like, she's not enjoying the honeymoon in Balmoral. Like I think maybe they'll, kind of show her as like innocent naive going into it and then realizing it's not what she wanted and then her kind of like getting annoyed about it and then kind of seeing her develop as a character like I think it might be more of like a journey so I think you'd probably go through all of the emotions like feeling sorry for her disliking her like feeling inspired by her like and then of course the the whole like the emotions surrounding her like tragic death so I think Netflix have a really good opportunity to go on a journey with her because I think the whole interviews afterwards, like, she'd been in the royal family where you can't really go, like, you can't really say a lot. It's kind of like, okay, well, they're gossiping about you in the papers or, like, in magazines, on TV, just don't say anything and then no one will, you can't, like, don't feed the gossip. But she came out and I think maybe that was, she just kind of was like, I need my opinion to be kind of mm. said you to can't. Be fair, she'd
2: her. had no you can't and to be fair she'd had wh- what you describe it and she'd had 15 years if not more of um being stifled essentially mm. so i suppose after that long you probably would you know have like a little bit of a backlash behind it and like you say about the revenge dress and those interviews and that sort of thing it is understandable after mm. all that time
1: Well we wait with bated breath but just looking forward to um season five there have been rumors already about a recasting um so over the weekend Imelda Staunton was rumored as replacing Olivia Coleman as the queen what do we make of that?
0: I think it I don't know the thing is with Imelda Staunton is a great actor don't get me wrong but when Olivia Coleman took on the queen for the first episode all I could see was Olivia Coleman and a lot of the times in The Crown, all I could see was Olivia Colman and Olivia Colman's laugh. It wasn't—I couldn't see her as the Queen as much as Claire Foy. So I think if Amelda comes into it again, she's like a big name like Olivia is. Whereas Claire, obviously, is a really big name, but I felt like that was more of a breakout role for her. Like everyone knows her name around the world now. I didn't really know that much about her before, but I knew a lot about Olivia Colman. I know a lot about Amelda Staunton, and maybe it is just like. I think the thing is as the queen ages you're going to find it harder to find like a new yeah that's new, what I was like thinking. some new talent because there's not that many older actresses coming into the game if that makes sense so I think it's something that can't be avoided but I hope that Amelda kind of takes on the role a bit more than Olivia Coleman. I think maybe she's got like some big shoes to step into, obviously. But also she is gonna be coming into a season where I think it's all gonna go absolutely horrible. Like Diana's death, like the whole fallout from that, you'd have to you have to be a great actress to like take on that kind of responsibility. So if it is her, I think she'll do a really good job, but I think it might have been a bit nicer to see someone lesser known for me.
1: I think having seen her in, she was in Vera Drake and I think having seen that movie and it's obviously a very charged movie but um, I think she is probably the right person to do the kind of scenes that we're expecting in season five. Obviously we are expecting Diana's death, the kind of changing of the royal family. They were prompted to really change after it Um, and I think you need that kind of stalwart British actor to take you through it on that occasion, I think. Also... Are they going to dye her hair? Like, how much are they going to age the <laughs> This is the big question. <laughs> Sorry, I was just thinking this
0: just came into my head, like, because they're, they're going to do a cast change for season five. But then I just don't know how, like, how, how long are they going to go Well, this? I was
1: thinking how much are they going to change the cast? Because we'll have only seen Emma Corrin as Diana for one season. So are they going to get rid of her and get an older Diana? because um, then that might mean that you keep Josh O'Connor for like three
0: seasons yeah like, I just, they'd have yeah, to get rid true. of everyone mm. again
1: um and it's it, you know it's formulaic it's how the crown works every two seasons switch everyone out but it seems a shame when <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah. you've brought in Emma Corrin who looks the double of Diana to kind of get rid of her so easily yeah
0: especially like she might just be in those two seasons anyway so I'd kind of be like well you know I'm only gonna be here for two seasons just keep me in rather yeah than,
1: but then it would be keeping Josh O'Connor in as well
0: oh maybe they'll get some really good prosthetics dilemmas (laughs) these are the big questions yeah this is what you really want to know
1: (laughs) um well that's all for this week thank you so much helen kelly and tom evans for joining us for our chat about the crown and please do follow us on twitter at netflix pod and join in with the debate next week we're going to be discussing power the best show on netflix you've probably never heard of but you're going to want to watch it soon stay tuned see you later.